Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. This episode is adapted from a piece I wrote in 2009, three years before the publication of Snowbird Secrets. Its message is just as applicable today as it was then, for it is timeless. When we learn how to ski, we open a channel to the mountains that allows them to teach us lessons we are unlikely to learn elsewhere. These are lessons that can't be heard by a nattering ego, that are more profound than personal glory, and resonate deeper in the soul than any TED Talk. They are lessons in how to be here and everywhere at once. They require quiet to be heard, for they are about nothing. Before I send you off to savor my metaphysical musings, allow me to remind you that realskiers.com is home for all of your alpine ski-related knowledge. It's also where I would prefer you listen to this podcast, as it will fatten my site visitation statistics, which is a good thing. And now, it's about nothing. In the last week of January 2009, I was able to spend a few days skiing in Little Cottonwood Canyon, which is always cathartic for my ravaged soul. The conditions were all over the map, the mountains having experienced a long, hot spell, followed by rain, grapple, wet snow, and finally dry snow driven by winds that could flens an adult walrus in a few minutes. Couldn't have been better. I had been preparing for the trip for weeks, psychologically. Two back surgeries the previous winter had reduced my training regimen from semi-annual to non-existent. Scheduling conflicts, such as work, kept me from visiting the areas that abound at home near Lake Tahoe, so I had zero ski days on a body with more fat on it than a French duck. I had as much chance of surviving Snowbird and Alta as a rib roast in a piranha tank. Fortunately, the Lord is merciful, anti-inflammatory drugs are powerful, and there are techniques that allow one to block out pain. There are also many wonderful people in this world with which to ski, kind people who stand quietly by, pretending to be in awe of nature, while my chest heaves so violently in its futile quest for oxygen that tiny lung particles break loose and make for the exits. One such person is Guru Dave Powers, a man whose passion for the sport hasn't diminished after thousands of days of riding gravity down the infinitely variable slopes and crannies of Snowbird. The Goo knows this hill, and in knowing it well, knows so much more. On the fifth day of my break-in period, the conditions were ideal, with choppy crud that cold temperatures had kept dry and bustable. In the afternoon, winds that could blow unsecured statuary to Provo intensified, scouring exposed surfaces. In the dappled light, surges of snow torn from the ground, twisted, buckled, and combusted. All was moving, as if the ground itself were alive. The goo, as is his wont, found the center of the storm the unperturbed eye, and in the unlikeliest of places. He led me down the gut of Mineral Basin, a wide-open expanse where the military could study sensory deprivation. The only information one could depend on, the only truth in this howling ten-foot universe, was Guru Dave's feet. Watching the Gu's feet told all, or all that was knowable, about my place in the universe. As they moved, I moved. And so we progressed downhill, moving in arcs paced like a yogi's heartbeat, tranquil, peaceful in a world that is otherwise busy ripping itself apart. We were skiing on wind butter, maybe two inches of compressed cream, like skiing the lapels of a tuxedo. There was no way to miss an edge, a beat, 
a big-bellied, stack-your-bones ark. How to express the joy in such a moment? The wind is louder than sitting inside a speaker at a Metallica concert. The visibility would be better inside a burlap sack. Tiny ice particles are creating new pores in my exposed skin. The snow surface is moving so violently I think I'm in the sandstorm scene in a mummy movie. But I am happy. Very happy. Deliriously effing happy, okay? The question I hear both you and my inner self ask is why? Guru Dave has the answer. Two answers, actually. The first answer may seem a tad oblique, so hang in there. Guru Dave calls this skiing 40 inches of 0%. You see, the denizens of this canyon are obsessed with powder. They can't help it. They get so darn much of it, you can't ignore it. How much snow there is, and how little a cubic centimeter of it weighs, are the measures of many lives in this corner of the world. The goose little aphorism pokes fun at the canyon's vanities while illuminating a larger point. Every surface has its charms. Anything can impart the feeling of three feet of fresh. To paraphrase a sappy old song, everything is skiable in its own way. Zero percent snow offers no resistance. It can be as deep as you want it to be. It offers its own epiphany, imparts its own magic, casts its own spell. Forty inches of zero percent pulls us into the moment and holds us there. The pause that Faust sold his soul for, holding us suspended outside ourselves, where for some unfathomable reason we are most at home. As we rode the lift back up Mineral Basin to take another shot at the cream factory being operated by gale-force winds in its midsection, the goo shared the second, and I would maintain more trenchant, insight into why this activity, so painful and non-remunerative, should be more addictive than sugar-dipped crack. It's about nothing. The nod to the seminal Seinfeld episode is explicit and intentional. It's about nothing because making skiing about something misses the point. It's not about getting to the bottom fastest. I'm not dissing World Cup racers or anyone else who slaps on a numbered bib. I couldn't have more respect for the discipline, strength, and sacrifice endured by these athletes. But they will ski long after the finish area comes down and the cowbell ringers have gone home. Why ski then? when all the clocks that matter in the world might as well be broken. It's not about who got the most freshies. The chosen ones who will not cross a track the morning after a dump are perforce few in number. Are they then skiing's elect and the rest of us mere slag? I love an uncut line as well as the next guy, but if the only validation for a life well lived is snow untrammeled by human passage, then many of us are doomed to impoverished lives. But if skiing is about nothing, then I don't need to live through your run, attack your line, co-opt your style, or emulate your technique. I am my own arbiter of pleasure, my own judge of what matters. It's up to me to define the nothing, to invest it with meaning with my movements, letting it fill me as I fill it. We are but little bits of will in a fragment of inexorable time trying to move with intention through a murky space. Frankly, we don't know what it's about. Sometimes our senses are delighted, and sometimes they are aghast. And sometimes, when we're skiing, 
we get to feel both exhilarated and detached, simultaneously here and everywhere. And that's when we know, down to our bones, that it's about nothing. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.